Welcome to Grace in the Shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hi, everybody. We'd like to do a quick shout out to Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes. I've never, never been to, to visit. Yeah, I've never been to Arkansas. My mm-hmm. neighbor kind of was a second mom. She was from Mrs. Cassavary. She was from Little Rock. That's good. She was a special person. You actually, you and the kids got to meet her before she, she passed sweet. away. She was such a wonderful influence in our life. So when I think about Little Rock, I think about her. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody, you can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645. You can email us at Jonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. Check out our Etsy store, shadowsofgrace.etsy.com. You can click on a link, click on the link. Hello, I can't talk in the show notes uh, to become a monthly supporter of mm-hmm. our show. And finally, you can click on the link in our show notes for Covenant Eyes mm-hmm. and get a, the Covenant Eyes porn blocker. If you use our promo code GRACE1998, you'll get one month free. All right. What kind of facts you got for us? Rainbow Curiosities. Mm-hmm. Rainbows were once called bows of promise in traditional Victorian English. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, there are more colors in a rainbow than we can see. Wow. As we only have limited scope of color. Mm. Chickens, however, have a wider capacity to see color, meaning it's highly likely they can see the full extent of a rainbow's um, pellet. <laughs> Palette. You have this pellet, pellet. <laughs> you have this thing about chickens. <laughs> bonk, bonk, Your chicken. facts are a lot around the chickens. Uh, I'm just going in order. I mean, I it's, know, yeah, it's it's just... a, yeah, people are must be very interested about chickens. So, how do they know? Did they ask the chickens how many colors they can see? I have no clue. Can you take a chicken's eye out and then like look know. through it? I mean, yeah, so I have Who so knows? many, I have so many questions. The ballpoint pen is a killer. Oh, oh no! Ballpoint pens kill up to a hundred people each year through choking accidents. Okay, like if you're in the CIA or. Well, I was thinking about people jabbing them, yeah, but I like guess. No, they swallow them. They stick them in their mouth. They're walking around. Uh, well, you know, some some people chew on the ends of their pens or like chew on the cat and they might swallow it. Yeah, that's true. Them. Yeah. It's kind of I not a good habit. I stuck my nose as a kid. Stuck a marble up my nose. You're strange. My dad said, don't blow up. <laughs> blow out. Yeah, I don't know what he said, but it You probably out. had to, Oh, you didn't have to go to the doctor? I almost had to, but it popped out. You know those little berries that are on you trees? No, I didn't. I never did. I was a goody-goody child. My sister did, and they had to go to the hospital. So that's and, what happened to her? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just well, kidding. Well, she doesn't listen anyway, so. <laughs> She doesn't listen. All right. Yeah, she says I sound weird. <laughs> she says we're too happy. Yeah. I don't know. Our people love our giggles. Well, that's what we tell her. I mean, this yeah. is this is who we are, but she doesn't. 
I don't know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So don't stick things up your nose. Don't and stick don't, them up your nose. Don't swallow pens. Don't swallow them. All right. Careful where you keep your cows. Oh, mm. I want a cow. I want a house baby cow. cow or fluffy baby short, cow. Fluffy. Okay. Cow. Okay. So, so what is this saying about cows? A cow can walk upstairs, but not down them. <gasps> Probably not worth trying unless you have a permanent room on Aww. the top floor. So it's pretty sad. If we do get a house cow, Betsy. Yeah, we'll have to have make sure that we're on a one story. Like, okay, we're in a one story house. Yeah. So can we get a fluffy baby cow now? It's probably have to have a special permit. It's probably against the city law, and then I'm yeah. gonna get a house cow. Hail mucus. <laughs> what? Hail mucus. Your stomach is at risk of digesting and eroding itself. It protects itself with regenerating mucus. Okay, then. That's hopefully, pretty disgusting. Hopefully no one's eating while we're talking about mucus. Gross. One name fits all. Okay. Legendary boxer George Foreman used the same name for all five of his sons, George. Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, Ken Norton, Evander Holyfield. You let them you let them hit you on the head and see how many names you can think of, Foreman once stated. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, didn't he name his daughter like Georgina? Yeah, they're all George. George one, George two. That is George three. Interesting. We did see that movie though. It was a good movie. It was good. I I admit I didn't realize he was a Christian, but it was it was a really good movie. I enjoyed it. He's got a church in Houston. Yeah, we'd like to go. Yeah. George Foreman, we're coming to your church. George, come George be on. Our, reckon he'll be on our podcast. George Foreman. It'd be nice to have George on here. Come on our podcast. He could We'd do love like to a, have you. He would even let him do a commercial on his. Uh, yeah. His grill. Uh, his grill. We've got one. It's nice. Somewhere. It is good. It, it is good. good. Yeah. yeah maybe I don't. Maybe we'll Memorial Day. Maybe. We're not really good outside griller people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, we're in a new study of characters. Yay. And we're going to get into some very, actually, these guys are pretty characteristic. I Yeah. So we're going to be talking about judges in the book of Judges. Yes. Who was the first judge? Joshua. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. Okay. Jericho. Jericho. So I, I, this is a very interesting book. If you've never read the book of Judges, pick it up and start reading it and you will be surprised at all the various personalities you see in there and things that happen. So we're going to be talking about some of them. Matter of fact, if you would, Dr. M. Okay. Dr. J. Read one through six of chapter three. Judges chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who have not had previous battle experience. The five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites, living in the Lebanon mountains from Mount, Hale, Mount Baal Hermon to Lebo Hamath. Looks pretty good. Uh, verse 4 to. Verse 6, always. Oh, six. 6, hello. They were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their ancestors through Moses. The Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Termites. They, they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to oh. their sons and served their gods of God. God had told them not to do that. Yes, God said, don't do that. And they did. All right. Okay. Verse one, Mm -hmm. the nations the Lord left. 
Mm-hmm. He left these nations, mm-hmm. pagan nations. Right. You know, why did he do that? Weren't they supposed to destroy all the kingdoms? They were, but they obviously didn't. But the okay. Lord made sure they didn't because the Lord's the one who left them. Well, is the Lord a, a warmonger? No, he had a reason. Well, I think that sometimes, number one, he's taught them about warfare. Yes. We know that ultimately our warfare, according to the Apostle Paul, and and back then too, Mm -hmm. is not against flesh and blood. True. Um, So understanding warfare as a follower of God Mm -hmm. is crucial to walk as a a champion in a victorious life. Right. In in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through... Uh, 12, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty, mighty power. Mm-hmm. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So basically, God is preparing them in warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I think we as Christians and, and, and people in general mm-hmm. think that when we're at peace and we have lots of money and, and we're no problems, right, <laughs> that we're right with God. Mm, a lot of times it's not that way, though. A lot of times God will leave us because he knows what we can handle mm-hmm. with maybe financial struggle, maybe family problems, maybe uh, turmoil, maybe a lot. He leaves us with pain. Right. um, In order to keep us focused on his power, his grace, Mm -hmm. and so that we're prepared for what he has in the next phase of our life. Yeah, because a lot of times when we're on that mountaintop experience and things are going well, we start, you know, to, to not have that faith and not dependence in God that we need. Yeah. So a lot of times we have to drop down to those valleys to really experience his, which is sad, but it's true. Um, we fail to depend on him in the good times, I think. You look at David. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll talk about him in the future here. But right. uh, David, uh, as as he was running from King Saul, as he was struggling with all his stuff they struggled with, mm-hmm. he didn't fall into his deep sin right. until he was comfortable. True. Um, until there was no warfare. Right. Does that make sense? That definitely makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So as we look at this, it's important to remember that pain is, God will leave us in areas where we're struggling mm-hmm. in order to draw us closer to him for his glory. Yes. And so as we look at this, he left the Philistines and the Canaanites, Sidonians and the Hivites because he wanted to train the Israelites and he wanted to test them Mm -hmm. so that they would be closer to him and they will be victorious. Um, You know, a faith that's not testable is not a true faith. That's true. You're right. How what is one of the indications we're really, really saved? 
Well, I have an actual story about Please. this. Please. Yeah. Um, I've, I've told my testimony before, but I'll just give a brief synopsis. No, go ahead. When I went to Christian school, raised a Christian family, everything. When I was five years old, um, my kindergarten teacher told everybody about Jesus, what he did for us, how he say he can save us and stuff. And she said, if anybody wants Jesus, come to my desk. Well, everybody get up and went to her desk. And of I just kind of sat there and I'm like, mm, I'm not really understanding what she's saying. And a friend said, well, don't you want to have Jesus? And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess. And they're like, we'll go up. So I went up. She like came and got me and I prayed the prayer. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The prayer. magic. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought, that I was a Christian and there were people in my life that said, Oh yeah, you remember you prayed the prayer when you were five years old. I didn't know what I was doing. I did not know what I was doing. Um, and so, you know, I coasted through life, even was <laughs> voted the best Christian witness in my senior year at my Christian school. I would have burst hell wide open, yeah. you know, but uh, one night when I was 19, I, felt convicted and I got down on my knees by my bed and asked Jesus into my heart. And that is the day where I chose him and he became my savior and my Lord. And I struggled with it for a while. Did I get saved at five? Did I get saved when I was 19? I'm just not sure. I was baptized at 12. Was I really baptized in the faith? You know, well, baptism doesn't save you, but still, you know, do I need to get baptized? So I went and talked to my pastor, Brother Andy at at the time. And um, he asked me, he said, when did you start to have trials in your life? Like real trials where you were struggling. And I said, well, after I was 19. And he said, well, what does that tell you? And I said, well, I guess that must mean I got saved when I was 19, not five. And he said, yes. Ah, that is a very good example. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's insp that's uh, very, you know, we got to be careful with those. I'm not a big fan of just saying this little prayer because I, it's kind of like magic. And, right. and, you know, I know people mean well, they're trying to get you to mm -hmm. come to know Jesus, but really you have to come when the, the Holy Spirit leads you, not by saying something magical. Yeah. And, and that was one reason that we were so scared, well, not scared, but nervous with our own kids mm -hmm. that, you know, we didn't want them because of my experience, we wanted their salvation to be true and sure and secure. And, you know, we, we were nervous that they wouldn't mm -hmm. be sure, like I wasn't sure. So, um, yeah. But one of the indications that a person is really uh, in the faith mm -hmm. is that they've been tested. Right. And they still believe. True. You look at Job. He mm -hmm. lost everything, health. He lost uh, wealth. Mm -hmm. He lost his family. And yet he still believed. That's a sign that you really know the Lord. Right. When you go through testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and you come out still believing it shows the authenticity mm. of your faith. That is so true. Yeah, that is so true. And I think that's what God was doing here. I agree. Yeah, uh, but guess what? They didn't do it too well. Well, and and we can't point the finger and say ah they were so dumb because we do the same thing every we day. Do. We do. We really do. It says that they lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, Parasites. They lived with all the pagans. <laughs> you almost said Parasites. <laughs> yeah, why not? Termites, all yeah, Right. And, and 
well, go to today. Think about the people that we're living around today. We're living around a world that hates Christians, that hates Jesus, that hates anything about it. And we're trying to be that light in the darkness. And a lot of people, a lot of Christians are trying to be the world right? to win the world. Yeah, that seeker-friendly mentality, yeah. which is often not good. Hmm. But let's look at it. So the God gave judges. The first one is Othinio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead and read 7 through 11. All right. The Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishathim, king of Aram Naharim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. But when he when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, who saved them. The spirit of the Lord came on him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan Rishathim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. Powered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Othniel, it's interesting, the, the younger brother of Caleb. Mm-hmm. It looks like he was a righteous person. It doesn't say a whole lot about him. Well, we got to talk about who Caleb is. Go ahead. He was one of the original spies yes. that went into Jericho. Yeah. And to, to scope things out, he and, and Joshua actually went in together. Moses sent them out with some other spies. And Caleb and Joshua were the ones that said, yeah, yeah they, they, the people are big. And, and yeah, but God will give us a victory. And so they were the only two out of the spies that really had true faith that God would uh, be with them. So Othniel was, his, was Caleb's younger brother. And it looked like he was a man of righteousness. It doesn't mm-hmm. say a whole lot. Right. But it looks like he, and they, you know, he fought him off. Mm-hmm. He was a warrior. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and they had 40 years of peace. It's really interesting to look at some of these judges. They're, they're just like a little blip in the Bible, you know, just a little bit about them. We don't know a lot, but they were meaningful enough for God to put them in here and for us to really look at them and see what we can learn from them. So it's pretty cool. The second one has a little more information. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. You know, when before I was a Christian, mm-hmm. I used to think Christians were sissies because <laughs> Jesus would talk like this. And boring. And he was like, oh, you, oh yeah. just a little sissy. <laughs> and then, you know, you read mm-hmm. uh, in the New Testament, too, but especially the Old Testament. Right. These guys were warriors. They were warriors. Some some of the ladies were warriors, too. Yeah. And we'll get to that We'll later. get to that yeah. one. Yeah, later. But, yeah, they were pretty strong in the Lord, you know, and and did powerful and mighty things through his power. Pretty cool. So go ahead and read. Ehud. Uh, Ehud. 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 Uh, Yeah. Ehud. You say apple. I say apple. (laughs) Okay. What verses do you want me to read? He's a left-hander. Go ahead and read 12 through 19 first. Left-hander like me. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and because they did this evil, to the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel, getting the Ammonites and Amalekites to join him. Eglon came and attacked Israel, and they took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites were subject to Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years. Through what verse? Uh, 
19. Okay. Again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he gave them a deliverer. Ehud, a left-handed man, whoop, whoop, for the South Pause, the son of Jira, the Benjamite. The Israelites sent him with tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Ehud had made a double-edged sword about a cubit long, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. He presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way those who carried it. But on reaching the stone image near Gilgal, he himself went back to Eglon and said, Your Majesty, I have a secret message for you. The king said to his attendants, Leave us. And they all left. You know, dun, dun. left-handers were often in this time. Mm-hmm. Some of them were, were executed because they were... Left-handed. Left-handed. Yep. It was considered cursed. Well, in some some cultures, look at the if you eat Still. or anything like that with your left hand. Yeah. Because, you know, and I'm, I'm being a little graphic. This is a little more graphic, but mm-hmm. uh, they, they wipe themselves with the left hand. That's why they consider it. Nasty. Yeah, nasty. Yeah, right. And so Ahud's, for some reason, he had, mm-hmm. God gave him favor. Yes, he did. Um, and so he strapped this to his right. And so as he goes into Eglon, the, the king who, interesting enough, it was very fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they wanted to plagiarize this or <laughs> uh, if the Bible was fictional, they wouldn't put this corny, quirky, quirky stuff in here. True, true, true. So he goes into security. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if he was right-handed, he would have had his weapon on his left mm-hmm. leg. Right. So they probably checked his left leg, but they didn't check his right because Ooh, he's left-handed. Oh, good point. Good point. So they thought he was safe. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes in to see Eglon, and he's going to give him a, a nice message. Mm-hmm. And uh, so go ahead and read 20 through 25. All right. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of the palace and said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Oh, heartburn. Go ahead. (laughs) Even the handle sank in after the blade and his bowels discharged. That's gross. Yeah. Ehud did not pull the sword out and the fat closed in over it. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. After Can you imagine? I'm seeing this. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been pretty. I mean, they put those things in there. It's kind of smelly. It yeah. was a smelly situation. So he says, God has a message. And he says, <laughs> and, yeah. the guy, and the fat covers mm-hmm. it. You can't even get it back out. And his intestines fall out. Yeah. Yep. And so, yep. yeah, and then he just walks out the door and says, hmm, no sweat off my brow. Yeah. And it says, after he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room lot. They said, he must be relieving oh himself, my. which he was. He must be on the commode. <laughs> In the inner room of the palace, they waited to the point of embarrassment. <laughs> but when he did must not. Must be constipated. <laughs> Go ahead. But when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked him. And what there they saw their Lord fall into the floor dead Mm. yeah yep that was embarrassing that what an embarrassing way to die absolutely absolutely it's like god's mocking him well and ehud uh wasn't able to get his weapon back 
because it was enclosed with that. And so they went, the stone images escaped, he went down mm-hmm. the hills, called mm-hmm. all his people, yep, and they invaded and took over, mm-hmm. and, and it was a victory for Israel, and they had 80 years of peace in the land. Wow. Double the first time. Yep. God Pretty knew cool. they needed it. Yes, definitely. But there's one, one sentence, one scripture for the next one. Okay. Shamgar. Okay. Go ahead and read the one scripture. Wow, there's only one verse. Shamgar. Interesting. Okay, Shamgar. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, he too saved Israel. Now, what's an ox goad? Do you know? It's a thing you stick the ox with to get him going. Oh, like a like goading him. Yeah. Okay, so he must have been super strong, like Samson. Yeah, it sounds, you know, like, he must have been karate. (laughs) Everybody likes kung fu fighting. Yeah, Yeah, he was probably like hitting them. You can see in those little action movies. Wow. So 600 Philistines. Yeah. Wow. Kind of like Samson with the donkey's jawbone. Yeah. But interesting, Shamgar's name is not Hebrew. Oh. It's actually a pagan name. So some people take the view, he was either... Hmm. He was either uh, a pagan, right, that became a judge, uh-huh. or he was a, a Hebrew that kind of because the culture was so inundated with they named him after the they culture. Named him after that, uh, I kind of take the view that mm-hmm. he was a Hebrew, mm-hmm. but they were so enamored with the culture they named him a pagan name. But he kind of threw that to the side and still yeah. followed God and, and saved Israel. Saved Israel, six hundred Philistines with an ox yeah. code. Interesting. That's all we know from old Shamgar. Yeah, one verse, but what a powerful verse. It really is. I yeah. think he was a godly man. I don't know if I'm right on that. Right. But it says he was victorious, and I think God would probably wouldn't have given him victory if they if he wasn't. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Next week, mm-hmm. Dr. Marla, you're oh, going to teach on Deborah. I love Deborah. And uh, yes. what a story. Yeah, uh, The only female judge. Right. And she was amazing. She was amazing. If you're looking for, if you're a woman or you're a young girl, you're looking for somebody to emulate, to follow after, Deborah would be a really good role model, don't you think? Yeah. And we'll be covering the whole chapter because it talks about how Jail, and never mind, gave the guy a headache, right? Yeah. <laughs> Worst headache he'd ever had. So well, this, this is very interesting. Yeah. A good study and teaches us about faith and growth right. mm-hmm. and perseverance. And how one little verse in the Bible can say so much about really someone. Can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we appreciate this was a bit shorter than normal, but we really appreciate. Actually, no, I guess it wasn't. This one was. Yeah. Anyway, it was not shorter, but we do appreciate you listening. We thank you so much for listening to us and hope you have an awesome day. God bless you. Oh, and don't forget. Oh, yeah. God can take your mess, turn to a message for his glory, for your good. We got so excited about the judges. <laughs> hey, judges. Good All night. right. Have a great day. Bye.